Oh shit, we went live. Good afternoon. What time of the day is it? Uh good evening, good 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 night to the East Coast. Good after well, good evening to the West Coast. Welcome to another episode of Amsterdam Talk. And tonight is something special. We got what we just say we're gonna call this real estate investment 101. Yeah, I think that's what we said we was gonna call it. So we're talking about real estate investing in yourself breaking the curse generational wealth i have stephanie wilson's jones from raleigh north carolina correct yeah i'm in raleigh and i have g james where you do your thing at g uh i come from the 252 but i'm in dc right now okay he does it in dc so I guess the first question I would have to ask, you know, how did you guys get started getting started in this? Uh, who you who who you want Eva to go or, first? Eva, Eva, well, you started speaking, so you can go first. Okay. Um, well, yeah, again, my name is Stephanie Wilson Jones, and I'm a real estate broker in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I am licensed in the state of North Carolina. Um, I started real estate about five years ago. Um, I kind of just started, it was kind of a, a backup plan. I, you know, wanted something else to do, something different. Um, I was working a full-time job at the, at the point at that moment. And um, I just wanted to try and find something different because I knew that's not what I wanted to keep doing. I didn't want to sit behind a desk and keep doing the nine to five thing. So I kind of looked into the future and started working on that. And um, I had actually uh, linked up with a couple of people and we were actually gonna start a firm where I was gonna be more of the realtor side, uh, the face of it, I guess you can say. And the others were gonna kind of be uh, investors doing flips and stuff like that. So that's how I got started into the real estate game. Okay, what about you, G? You gonna turn your camera on brother or you doing something? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 thank you, thank you. Um, I am a real estate investor. So I got started uh, by wanting to diversify. I was, I was thinking about legacy um, or at least my legacy and just wealth in general. And I had mm-hmm. some cash um, and I started talking to my network and saying, this is what I wanna do. And that is one of the examples of the power of having, of one, sharing your thoughts, sharing dreams, um, but also having some good people in the network. And um, I did some research and someone in my network had a property and we were able to close the deal for it. Um, and that ignited uh, something in me. So I started to um, go deep in, in, in inside of the investing space, as far as learning, as far as teaching and um, trying to get money in different ways. So, yeah. Okay. So what would you say like your first thing for somebody that's trying to do the same thing that you did? What would you like some steps to keys that you would give them? Um, someone that's trying to get into investing, um, start learning. I would, I, I would, uh, there's a lot of first steps. I would go read something. Um, I always say the easiest thing is to go to Google and type in whatever you want to know. Um, so definitely do that. And, uh, in my coaching, I use a, the, the number 30 all the time. So, um, applying it here, you would talk to 30 friends and say, hey, this is what I want to do. What what advice would you give me? Um, so some of that advice is not going to be good, uh, but some of that advice is going to be, hey, I know a realtor or someone in real estate named Stephanie. Um, she's 
a good person to talk to about this. Um, somebody else is going to lead you in another direction and just pursue those leads. So, and uh, as far as the tangible things, save up some money, um, get your credit together and all of that stuff that I think we're going to talk about tonight too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say that you definitely, I mean, and that would be on both the investment side and just regular real estate side. If you want to do something personally, just to buy your own home or whatever you're going to do is you're going to have to start by speaking to a financial advisor, your lender, because they're going to tell you and kind of guide you on your first steps on what you're actually going to qualify for. Some know if you need to do it on a personal level, um, if you qualify to be able to get a secondary home, um, or if you need to do it as a commercial, you know, maybe your credit might not be where it needs to be or your debt to income ratio is not where it needs to be to get that loan. So you need to go over to the credit side and maybe get a, a, a business credit card and finance it that way. So I always tell people to always speak to a lender first so you can, you know, set up your goals and your, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. Cause then that helps us especially a realtor that does this stuff, you know, on the, the real estate, the residential side and things like that. So we know which course to take with you. So that's my suggestion. Okay. But one of the questions I had got earlier when I was putting this um, show together and everybody really knows like the difference of like renting and owning, but it gotta be something else that's like in there. That's like, no one knows about the difference between like owning and renting. Like, do you have some, like something inside of that besides just this is mine and I'm paying somebody else. Do you have something else? I mean, it's not on? really, a, it's not really a secret to it. I mean, it's like you said, it is something that is going to be yours. You're owning that you're paying someone else's mortgage when you're renting a house. So, I mean, you can keep that equity for yourself. So just being able to sell that house later, that's money that comes in your pocket. You don't get anything out the deal. If it's a, a landlord, they're going to get the money. So that's one of the big keys, of course, you know, uh, your your tax deductions, because you can write your house, you know, write off your interest on your house. So that's another thing. Um, of course, just something having something that's yours that you can pass down. You can't, you know, your rental, that's not yours. So there's nothing you can pass down to your children or anything or whoever in your family that you can't, that's not something you can do for generational wealth. So, um, I mean, there's really no big secret behind it, in my opinion. I mean, it's just, you, you should want to own something so that you can be able to have that, like you said, about the generational wealth. You know, there's nothing to give. There's nothing for you to give, so. Yeah, right, I get that, but you know, like, I see, like, the work I do um, within social work, when I see people, I mean, the people of color, they like, well, you know, we don't own them things. We don't own situations like well, houses and things like that. There's nothing passed down, but when I talk to our, you know, our, uh, yeah, the other side, when I talk to Caucasian people, they're like, well, my family got a house, you know, hard times, we just go there. So, like, why do you think that's like that? Like, like I know for a fact, like, um, family, my family members and people in my family didn't set up wills. Mm -hmm. So, that just, we just went weren't, away. We weren't, we weren't taught to invest. We were taught to just save. We were just taught to put you some money to the side, put it in a, in a shoebox, put it in a bank account, save money, save, save, save. But we were never taught to actually own and invest in yourself. And I think that's where our, our issue lies with, um, you know, minorities is that we did, we just never were taught that. And now we're kind of late in the game. Um, so, you know, just doing that just kind of helps your, your family. And then also, if people don't notice, I mean, I know in the Raleigh-Durham area, we have gentrification here. And that just means that people 
that used to live in a neighborhood that looked like us don't live here anymore because they're being bought out by people, uh, you know, by uh, Caucasians and things like that. And, and and not even just Caucasians. I mean, there's other races that have figured it out, come buy property, fix it, flip it. And now you selling it for more. And now you can't afford to live in your own neighborhood because now the property taxes have went up. The sales prices have went up, you know, I mean, just so many things that you kind of, you can't, like I said, you can't even afford to be in your own neighborhood anymore. So that's another reason why, I mean, they're going to, they're going to move you out. If you don't, you know, if you don't own your own neighborhood, they're going to move you out of that neighborhood. Okay. Now speaking of G that you did say you was in DC. So DC has been gentrified. There's no more chocolate city anymore. So um, as far as like when you go through your investing down there, like, are you like getting things in DC or outside of DC? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't bought, uh, so uh, I have six units. So I'm, okay. I'm still a pretty small investor mm -hmm. um, as far as the buy and hold uh, market is concerned. Um, the last one I bought was in, I think that the end of 2018. Okay. Um, so, yeah, DDC is expensive, and um, I like to, as far as my team, we have real conversation that uh, you need some money to get in. There there are a ton of ways that you can invest without money. Um, that, to me, those are for sophisticated investors, uh, mm -hmm. the average person, um, and that's more so no money. Um, you can invest with little money. Uh, I don't know anybody has invested as far as um, buying and holding with no money, there are, mm. are just some other ways that you can do it. But DC is uh, super expensive. So I feel personally priced out currently. Uh, there are some people that come to the table, uh, their bid is a million dollars in cash. Um, and it's hard to go against a million dollars in cash uh, with any type of loan, uh, let alone being a, um, wanting a residence and having something from FHA or um, a product that takes a long time and it has a lot of regulation uh, with it. So um, we just know that that may not be the area, um, but DC, um, I'm actually in the DMV. So there are some other areas that are right. uh, viable um, in Maryland, uh, Baltimore is very viable. So <clears throat> I like to talk about what's possible uh, we, my team definitely spends time on uh, why the situation is what it is. We just mm -hmm. spend more time on how do we get from here to uh, the next stage. And if we can't buy in the richest parts of DC, uh, it's possible to buy in some of the, the um, less cultured parts. Um, and it is very possible. All of DC is not white. Um, it's, it's still chocolate in, in a lot of places. Um, and there are still some opportunity zones. Outside um, of what, Southeast? Uh, North, well, <laughs> there's parts, there's, <laughs> there's parts of Southwest, uh, that are not as expensive as the most expensive places. Um, and definitely a ton of places in Northeast also. Both of my apartment buildings are in, uh, Northeast right now. Okay, so you have apartment buildings. You have well, you did say units, so you have apartment buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Small okay, so, 
I mean, small, big, or large, you have apartment buildings. So, yeah. so basically what I want to, okay, so the, the starting process, I'm guessing, so say someone comes with average credit, bad credit, no credit, how can we get to the next stage? So what would you suggest that they do? Either um, or even one of y'all could take it. Well, I guess, well, for me, I know when somebody comes to me, we always, that's usually my first question is, have you spoke with the lender? Because I need to know where you're going to be financially. I'm um, As a real estate agent, we really don't need to know per se your financial income. We don't need to know how much you make. I don't need to know your social security. Like, I don't need that much information. If you have like a bankruptcy, things like that, I might need to know that, of course, so that I can be able to direct you to somebody that can definitely handle your situation to try and make things work to so you be able to qualify for a home. Um, but it just depends, like when we start finding out that kind of stuff, like I might send them to a lender and they're like, hey, they have some student uh, loans or they have some um, credit issues, then that we might have to take you to a credit restoration specialist mm -hmm. and let you get your credit build up and get it to the qualifying numbers that you need. Um, I think for FHA, it's around 640 and conventional 680. Um, down here in North Carolina, we have USDA and um, that's a government funded in VA, so you have to qualify for those, um, which are zero uh, percent down payment for those. But um, that that's the the first stepping stone is, uh, that I go with. That just that's how I do things, and so you can be able to know exactly what your buying power is going to be. Um, so depending on what your credit score is, if you're ready to go, then that's when I would really step in. That's when we start talking about looking and uh, things like that. Because usually I don't take anybody out before I know. I mean, because that's just a waste of time for myself and for you. I'd hate for you to take take you to go look at houses and we don't even know how much you qualify for. You fall into love with a house that's $400,000, $300,000 and you can only afford two fifty. dollars Now your feelings are hurt because you've been looking at this house and you're like, oh, I love, I love that. But now you got you got to you know dumb it down a little bit and and water it down and now you're like I don't even like these so I mean it just helps me. Yeah, that's Saturday Saturday afternoon so I don't like wasting gas because um, I don't know and then I mean that's just part of the home buyer seminar also when you work with a buyer's agent um, when you're on the buyer's side the buyer does not pay our commission the sellers does so if we're just driving you around you know, we're just, you know, driving you around. But if we know that you're qualified and ready to go, it makes, you know, makes things a lot easier for agents. So if an agent asks you that, they're not trying to be funny or trying to be offensive, but that's just to, so we don't waste each other's time. We need to go ahead and get those steps done first before we can actually start looking at homes. Okay, so right. you mentioned, and go, no, uh, go, go ahead, G, go ahead, I'll ask after this. I'll add, I, I support everything she said. Um, don't want to waste people's time. and. That's how some some of us get moved to the front because we come already ready um, with the loan approved or we just come in with cash. I like to talk about um, buying stuff in cash um, because they're gonna wanna work with me uh, quicker than someone else who's going through NACA. Um, and those are cool programs if, if that's where you are. Yeah. Um, but there is a hierarchy and I mm -hmm. want to get whatever the hierarchy is, whatever the game is, I'm trying to get to the front. Um, that's how my team lives. That's how we breathe. Um, and I, I mean, I just want to say now, I for me, I mean, yeah. I work with you regardless because, you know, every seed has to be watered and it grows. So, I mean, there's potential. Right now, you might not be ready to qualify, but in six months, <clears throat> you'll be ready and I'll still be ready. And I do my follow-ups and stuff like that. So that's not to say that, you know, we won't work with 
with you. It's just like you said, it helps us prioritize who we need to work with first, because if we have somebody that's already qualified, of course, we need to go ahead and get them to find something. But we're still going to work with you in the back end to make sure that you get where you need to be. And especially my team, that's what we do. We um, we credit, we do credit counseling to try and help you if you need that. Um, lenders help you if you're not quite there yet, debt income, they might tell you what you need to pay down on the credit card or whatever you need to do to get you ready. So when you're ready to qualify in three weeks, three months or something like that, then we're ready for you. But, but yeah, but I understand what he's saying though about the hierarchy, but we still will work with you. So don't feel like you need to be turned off or as a deterrent that we're not going to work with you. We absolutely will. We just, you know, just got to do things a little bit differently compared to a person that's already ready to buy. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's a good point. So speaking that you go, you said, gee, you like to go with straight cash money. And so I guess that trumps everything. When you walk in and you have whatever you have and say, I have this right now. Um, it will trump a lot of stuff. I think relationships still matter. Uh, teams still matter. Uh, getting, finding good deals matter. So there's a lot of variables there. Um, mm -hmm. Once you become sophisticated, you can then come with the cash offer and still work it through a loan as long as your loan uh, team can move very, very quickly. So um, we like to, we are, we're looking at a couple of deals right now uh, that we would probably mm -hmm. uh, acquire initially um, with cash and then um, right. I, identify what's the best long-term vehicle for us. Yeah. So what's the okay. cash, like you're yeah. saying you're buying so the I think cash, that's, um, so, I mean, I'm not familiar with the market up there. So what is what would be considered a, a cash, like, are you talking 50,000, 100,000? No, no, no. Uh, well, possibly in Baltimore, maybe. But I think, okay. um, like I just said, the we feel priced out because we don't have, we're not gonna put a million dollars down in, in cash. And that's mm -hmm. what some people are doing here. Um, it would be 200, 600,000. Um, it's right now I'm looking at some stuff in North Carolina that are less than like 150. I was about to say, are you looking at like oh, units, like market. quads and duplexes? Or are you looking at actual it single is. family homes? I think we need to distinguish yeah. between the two. Yes. And, and that, that's the point that I was about to make. Um, you can't even be on my team and want to buy a single family without running an analysis through us on why that's a good deal for you. So mm -hmm. it, it's good to have you up here because you have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, we are at a different pace and um, just on the investing, we, we can work with uh, new investors, but we are, my business is not in single families mm -hmm. um, solely. So people who do single families um, that are in my circle and that want my blessing have to do an analysis um, to ensure that it's a good deal for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I see you say everything. Now you just said, you know, you have to do analysis through your team, G. Um, has anybody <clears throat> like ever like just decided to just go rogue and just like, no, I don't, I'm just gonna do this on my own. Um, you can't go rogue and stay on the team though. So- I understand that. It's understand possible it. to, there have been some great deals made in uh, single family homes. Mm -hmm. our, our position right now uh, in March, 2021, is that it's just not a good deal uh, for most people. So uh, because it's a good deal for some people, 
we have to make sure that it's a good deal for this specific person based on their um, situation, their individual situation, and, and their goals also. Um, the emotional part of buying a home is so strong that a lot of us have have uh, lost money, and mm -hmm. um, that's not that's not what we want to do. So yeah, some folks don't want to do the work, and um, to me, that's life. Uh, but that's why we say, uh, as for me and my house, we have a certain program that that we run through, and um, there are a lot of other programs out there that people can attach themselves to, or they can just uh, work and they'll do their own thing. Yeah. So what are these programs? Um, program I meant there is a structure that my team has. Okay. But, um, as far as uh, programs, I was just talking to a family member who was like, hey, I have $30,000 in cash. Uh, I'm trying to buy a home. I don't have good credit. Tell me all your suggestions. Um, what that person needed is mm -hmm. not something that I, I would be uh, willing to give her as far as that okay. guidance. So I said, hey, there's a program called NACA that will sit you down, they will hold your hand, they will walk you through all of those steps. Um, Stephanie said, go talk to a lender. Those are people who will walk you through those steps and let you know everything that you need. Um, if you have bad credit, they will say, this, this is what you do to in order to get to the next level um, to take your credit to where it needs to be. That's just not what, what my team does. Okay. I'm yeah. laughing. So Don't think I'm laughing at you because I'm from the South. So we say NACA down here. So okay. you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> NACA. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, it definitely is a little bit better to kind of talk about the the surplus of programs. And babe, before you start, Stephanie, um, uh, Rod, there's so much money for first time home buyers. That's what I was getting ready to get to. You, you don't have to be a, a, a true first time home buyer, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of programs. So one of the things that I have folks in my circle do, hey, I want to buy a house. Okay, cool. Show me all the programs that are in, in your area or within a, a 50 mile radius so that we can at least have a list and then we can start going through um, to understand which ones you qualify for, which ones are best for you. Uh, Maryland has a program. I, there was a program in DC that was given up to like Feel like it was like eighty thousand in like closing costs, which was a, a it was such a crazy number um, a few years back. Um, but there's a ton of money out here for uh, buyers. Over. Oh, okay, so okay, he touched on you know the DMV area. So what about the programs down in North Carolina, Stephanie? I mean, there we kind of have programs too, like uh, depending on if you're uh, in the Wake County area, which is Raleigh's um, County, Wake County, Durham County, um, they have different specific programs that help with down payment assistance, um, where you can maybe qualify for twenty thousand, thirty thousand, up to fifty. Um, there, you know, depending on certain programs, we can get grants, um, and just uh, even with our credit unions down here, you might be able to get twenty five hundred towards closing costs. I mean, that might not sound like a whole lot, but I mean, it's still something in the bucket to help you uh, with first time home buyers and things like that. But because of all the regulations and stuff with um, interest rates and, and, and all that stuff, a lot of um, down payment assistance programs have kind of fell back a little bit because uh, lenders are kind of the risk of, you know, this with the market right now, how things are. Um, so now they're starting to revamp more, getting back into the first time home buyers uh, programs and, and things like that to kind of help assist with that. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, but then that's 
that's when you, of course, talk to your lender and that's when they're going to give you, they might have stuff for you too, um, depending on if you do new construction. The, if you work with their preferred lender and their attorney, they might give you 6,000 closing costs, 10,000. So it just depends on which route you go. And there's always something to be able to work, be worked out usually. Okay. So what would you say like for the last year, is this like a buyer's market or a seller's market than what happened over the, with the whole pandemic from March to March? Well, I know um, I'm speaking for the Raleigh-Durham area in more or less North Carolina. I know Charlotte's the same way, Greensboro. This is definitely a seller's market down here. Um, and what I mean by that is that inventory is very low. So there are not a lot of houses on the market, but there's still a high dem a demand of buyers. So, um, I mean, like right now, you have, um, I'll just say, the law, law economics, you know, um, is, you know, high demand, low supply is going to be a seller's market. So that just means that you're still able to buy. It's just going to be very competitive. It's a very competitive market down here. Um, a lot of people had to put more money up front to try and win these deals to uh, go into bidding wars. A lot of houses are having bidding wars. Um, houses are closing in a day here. Some houses are being sold sight unseen. Um I mean, it's just, it's been really, really brutal. Even, even new construction is starting to get tight with the new construction market. Um, builders are trying to build as fast as they, as they can. Um, but, you know, they are now, I know some builders down here are only selling five houses at a, a month at a time. Um, just so they can be able to keep up with the demand, make sure that they're not over-promising anybody, making sure they can keep materials coming in um, and things like that, because that, that price is going up as well. So, um, you know, with that being said, you know, sellers are making a lot more money on their houses because they're getting over asking price. So it's not taboo now to make a deal for a buyer. So you're not gonna come down here and try and go under because if you go under, you're gonna be, you're not even gonna get acknowledged. Your, your offer is gonna get thrown to the side real quick. Um, and I mean, I think that just happened just because I know for our area, Raleigh-Durham, it has a lot of, um, of course we have a lot of colleges here. We have mm -hmm. Research Triangle Park area. We have a lot of, um, technology we have a lot of hospitals here so we always have a lot of jobs and people that are still coming into this area and still moving here regardless of what's going on with the pandemic so luckily we're kind of i'm not gonna say we're, we're recession proof but we're kind of close to it because of the fact that we have so much access to so much things down here so i don't know necessarily in dc but i definitely know down here it's a seller's market okay before i get to ug on that i want to ask her this about the overpricing so how would you feel if somebody came to you like about the overpricing? Do you, I mean, I understand it's supply and demand. You gotta do what you gotta do. Right. But what would you advise somebody on that? Like, well, for what my people, when we go in to do an offer, we make sure that we're not outbidding ourselves because the house has to still appraise. And that just means that the bank still has to say that house is worth what you're gonna go for. So mm -hmm. if we look at a house that's $200,000, and I do comps on it and I see only houses sold in that neighborhood are no more than 210, 215. We're not gonna go in at like 250 because that house is not gonna appraise. And then either my buyer is gonna have to make up that difference because more than likely the seller's not gonna come down on that price. They're gonna, they're gonna make you stand on that 250 that you offered them. So um, if you work with the right realtor, they should know to make sure they do your comps to make sure that when they put this offer in, it makes sense. 
because um, of course you got to protect your buyer, you know, and you need to advise them and guide them. I mean, of course we have to do what we're told, but for the most part, I make sure that I do my homework to say, okay, yeah, you want to go in at this price, but we, we shouldn't go this high, or we might need to go up to this point because some people want to maybe stay under, oh, like, I, want, I only want to do 205. And I'm like, I wouldn't suggest that because it's not going to be strong enough. I've looked at the comps. Houses are selling around 210, so maybe you should go at 209, 299, you know, just to try and get them closer to what could be competitive in this market to give them a chance to win that bid. Oh, is so now is it a possibility what we've seen in 06 is there's a possibility of a housing market crash like we've seen 15 years ago? I personally don't think it's going to happen, not here. Um, and I just say that because of the things that I said, we're just kind of recession proof right now to where, um, People are still having jobs. There's still plenty of jobs out there in this area. There's a moratorium right now where um, lender, people that have done like the forbearances and deferred their payments, like they're not having to pay their money back yet, but it's gonna happen. And it's gonna hurt some people definitely financially. So hopefully y'all holding on to these stimulus checks that came in because <laughs> you're gonna have to pay that money back eventually. But I really don't see an actual crash in the market. I just, I, I mean, I think it's gonna it take a little hit when, you know, those foreclosures, there are gonna be some foreclosures that hit because some people are just not gonna be able to afford what they have. But I, I, I don't see a, a crash happening in, in this market in the Raleigh-Durham area. Okay. What about you, G? Uh, yeah, I'm on the other side of that. Um, so I, I don't know if crash is a technical term. Um, so I I haven't done enough research to, to say crash, but okay. do I think that it will turn to a uh, buyer's market? Yeah, absolutely. I think as Stephanie said, um, we are still under um, the moratoriums. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of folks that don't have jobs. Uh, everybody has a friend that uh, a couple of friends that bought in 2020 uh, there's a lot of nice shiny condos out definitely out here um condos are going i think my homie just bought one for like 360 um two level two two bedroom maybe it's very nice it's also very expensive and um the way our culture is from my limited experience uh, we like shiny things, and when it stops being shiny, uh, we are looking at something else. So I think it's, it's going to be a galamafri of <clears throat> events that lead to um, that turn. And uh, when I living, earlier- when the I, cost of living up there is a whole lot different from down here. Which is yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I only speak for what I can see. Yeah. And I think- um, I mean, I, I'm doing some research right now in the 252 area. Um, I wish I had more jobs like Raleigh Durham, you know, but, but I think that's how it always works. Um, Where in 252? You keep saying 252. What are you talking about? Rocky Mount, Wilson? Uh, uh, Greenville-ish. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But Rocky Mount, too. Um, mm -hmm. We always want more money in the area, and we want the, price, the housing to, to stay low, and it just doesn't work that way. So um, what we're doing is we're holding um, some money. Um, okay. I, I, I actually don't know when, when that's gonna happen, uh, brother, but I think, um, I just don't see people staying in homes long. Um, outside is gonna open, the moratorium is gonna end. Um, folks are gonna want to do more 
things as far as living in different places. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to realize that not changing a filter is going to cost you $2,000 when your HVAC messes up, right? And there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of preparation that um, I have just personally seen um, that folks have not been doing. So as an investor, it means good things for me. Yeah. And that's how I, I, I frame it. Um, when I'm talking to my family member, I'm like, that's why, um, as I said earlier, you need to do an analysis because we're going to talk about what is the, the life cycle cost. So what is the total cost of owning, which includes that mortgage. Mortgage is just not rent, right? Um, it includes those taxes and it also includes that maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you plan to do for the maintenance. So um, there are some great ways to buy homes and single families and condos too, right? Which I'm super against condos, kind of. Um, but there are there are just so many of us, definitely us, who are um, buying that are not buying right. Over. So why are you against condos? Because I know somebody's going to ask that in the comments <clears throat> in a minute. Why are you against condos? Yeah, uh, it, it just doesn't work for what we're doing. Uh, and I've seen condos have people lose more money than just as a whole than, than gain. Um, mm-hmm. Condos come, it, condos are, it's a lot of, I, I don't know the word. It's not like paperwork, but it's a community. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a glorified apartment. Um, you can't make your own decisions. Um, you can't write off the other, what is the condo fee? Um, mm-hmm. And and I just, they just don't make money the way that the other homes do. Okay. Um, so even from a, a, a landlord perspective, um, they, they may work a little bit better in the city or like in uh, cities like here. And there are some condo communities that are slamming. There are just some that are super trashy. Condo fees are $400 um, or 700 right? Um, okay. and they are just not a great deal um, here. Do you do yeah, rentals about, or do you do flips? I am um, buying hold, so rentals. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, if I was in the flipping, then that's a completely different conversation because I don't care what happens once mm-hmm. I leave. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how it should be, but that's how some of the mentality is. Um, I need to make it as shiny as possible and sell you the dream the more emotional you are the better the more you're going to um come with a realtor and bid more than what i have for asking um but no i'm not in the i i don't have experience in that space okay so um you said something that i was getting oh like you said steph that we up here up here is definitely you know the cost of living is definitely different because we have one of the richest black counties in America up here in Montgomery County. And then that little area of DC mm-hmm. and Northern Virginia mm-hmm. is just out of this world, you know, to live in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it is definitely different than, you know, coming down to, I guess we would, I guess the medium point would be like the Richmond area and, you know, down in Wake County. My people are from Henderson. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, is a special part of Henderson. They was telling me about where's a lot of rich people live, but a lot of wealthy people that live in rich. I mean, Henderson. I haven't mm-hmm. been there. I, I just went to the gas station and got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so 
so I see that sometimes I, you know, I follow you stuff. So I do see sometimes you, the house is already there. And it was just one particular house that you were doing last week. I think they're building from the mm -hmm. ground. So like, what is there is like, is there a difference from, is it like just buying a land or just buying a house? I maybe I'm saying this wrong. Is there a different strategy you go in, go to when there's somebody that wants their house built versus one that already built? Well, um, yeah, because then you would have to buy, you'd, you'd have to do um, a land purchase and then build on top of that land. I do more um, on the side that I have more experience with, I'll say, um, with working with actual builders and going there and the lots already are bought and you just have to pay a lot premium or whatever the case may be. And then you buy your house and it just is built from the ground up from that point. Um, so I, I think that I hope you're, I'm answering your question, but yeah, um, there, there are two different processes. There are some people that would be like, yeah, I want to live further out and I just want to buy some land and I'll just get a custom builder and have them come in and build a house on that land. Or you can actually go to an actual established community that is a whoever, um, Syntex, DR Horton, McKee Homes, LGI, you know, whoever the builder is and you just go to that community and buy in that community. Okay. All right. So I'm seeing this over here. So I guess this is like, I guess it'd be your part since you invest in G. They were talking about repossessions and foreclosures. So is that something that, you know, that you would look forward to? Um, oh, and before we move there, um, I echo what Stephanie said. Uh, don't be out here not knowing what you're doing, trying to go buy some land and with a dream of putting a house on it. Um, Cause it is, it is a lot of work that you have to do. Not impossible at all, um, but it, it's work. So if you're down for the work, then get it in. But yeah, you, you want have to make sure that like, the land perks, yeah. that means that you have a septic, that there's able to be sewage. There has to be able to be, you know, electricity can be ran out there. You have cable, you have all the electricity you need, all that stuff. So it's definitely a lot of steps when you start trying to buy yeah. just land outright, you need to make sure that it's already sewer ready, septic ready, whatever the case may be, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure what you mean by re repossessions, but uh, the foreclosures? They, they're talking about repossessions, bankruptcies, and foreclosures. Got it, got it. Um, is that a strategy that people use? Yes, um, it is to me, one of the more sophisticated ones. Okay. So I say sophisticated, just um, you, you gotta learn. And I would hatch up with a mentor first. Mm -hmm. this, this is my general advice. And I don't normally give general advice because um, just cause I don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, I give advice to my team and that's why it's very pointed. So uh, sometimes I'd like to make sure that new people aren't in the room when I say don't buy a condo, don't buy anything this year in 2021, mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? Because that's not advice for everybody. It's advice for my team. Um, but for, yeah, there's a lot of money in foreclosures. Um, I won't go through the, like, the intricacies of it, but mm -hmm. foreclosing, uh, foreclosure buying is a waiting game, and it is okay. a, a game with, with people who have cash. Mm -hmm. um, you may say, look, there's a foreclosure on Saturday. We're going to bid on five of them. We're going to put $10,000 down each. Um, all five of them are, are not going to turn up anything. Then we're going to come back and do five and then maybe one after um, six months or 18 months, depending on where you are and how that works. <clears throat> one, one of the things um, 
I think I would wrap tax liens in that. I was just having a tax lien conversation. And uh, some people just don't pay tax liens or t their taxes on time. So right. um, one of the things that you do is you do the research and say for the past 10 years, has this owner um, been a habitual late taxpayer? Right. Sometimes it can get all the way to the tax lien and to the courthouse. Um, and then you're in your waiting period. And like that last week or last 30 days, they come and pay it in full. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've now tied your money up for seven months, you know? So there are, there are some, because there are so many nuances and to being mm -hmm. successful, um, it is a, it is a strategy that you have to, to learn in order to get there. Yeah. I was about to say, I think, well, let me know I think, I think, I mean, I think um, leaning towards what I think when when it comes to foreclosures and short sales and all that kind of stuff, everybody wants a deal. That's just that's a given. But those things don't come easy. And I guess that's kind of what he was getting towards, too, is that, you know, I have people that have always reached me like, yeah, I want I want a foreclosure. I want houses that are foreclosure or short sale. And I hear you. But those are very hard to get. And it's more or less not even the fact that, you know, it's just a lot of stuff is done behind doors. A lot of stuff is off market. So sometimes I might not find out something until after the after the deal is done. You know, okay. I might look into my system and I might see it, but um, it might be too late because there might have already been a back backdoor deal that happened already. Um, so mainly a lot of times it's not what you know, it's who you know. You have right. to have a lot of connections, a lot of network. I mean, for me, I, I've, I've talked to investors, I talk to wholesalers and people like that just so I can start getting in the loop of knowing, hey, this house might be getting ready to hit the market so that I know how to move accordingly to let my people know that our investors like, hey, I caught wind that this house might be hitting the market or whatever the case may be. So for people that are interested in just strictly foreclosures, you really need to network and find investors like G and things like that because they're gonna know more than maybe a realtor does because that's his world. He talks to people all the time. So he knows more of, oh, somebody's getting ready to put this house or they've been flipping this house and they're gonna do this or this house is, you know, back in they know that that house is foreclosing or short selling or about to be auctioned off or things like that so i mean if you if your person yeah. is interested in that realtors can help but it's definitely you just need to really do network so that you can be able to know what's coming yeah and that's why um earlier i said that cash isn't the only thing it, it is absolutely about relationships uh when i bought the four unit and i uh, talked to my friends we already had a negotiation before it hit um, Redfin. So by the time it hit Redfin. Um, That's more formalities. <laughs> I think I was already right, right. He was like, look, in case something happened, we're just going to put it up there anyway. But I already had the contract. And um, okay. somebody could have came with cash, but it wouldn't have mattered. So um, one of the like the old, I guess it's old school tips is those signs that you see that says buy cash will buy your mm -hmm. house right now that you see at the stop sign. Yeah. Um, those are many times wholesalers. Wholesalers are out here doing the work and hitting the pavement. So I'll call the number and say, uh, put me on your buyer's list. So when you get a gym, call me first and I'll mm -hmm. make sure that he knows I have money and I'm not just um, somebody who's interested in it. Because there's a difference from folks who are interested and then folks who, who are invested. Um, right. I make sure he knows I have money and that I'm ready to go. Um, my realtor, uh, uh, for realtors, there's an, an a process where you ask them questions and make sure that one, they know what they're doing. 
that the loan officer knows what they're doing and that mm -hmm. they are a good fit for you, the same way they're going to be asking you questions, like Stephanie said in the beginning, um, where's your approval letter? Where's your, right. um, where, where's your qualification? And a qualification, some realtors are still not going to work with you. They want you to be approved um, and they want to have a conversation um, because they are, um, they do a lot of work. So they want their work to be um, rewarded also. <laughs> right. Yes, 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 yes. I get you. So I wouldn't, now this would definitely have to be a question that needs to be asked. I know you said earlier about credit and you know, the group that we're in, not everybody went to school on scholarship. Not everybody paid their loans off. Mm -hmm. So what happens when it ha what happens when, you know, the back, well, the actual lender sees $100,000, $150,000 owed to, I guess, Sally Mae. We're just going to say Sally Mae. What happens then? Um, it depends on what your status is and what kind of payment plan, repayment plan you're on. Some are doing 1% of the loan, um, mm -hmm. depending on what type of loan you're trying to qualify for. Some of them do just off based off of your actual payments. So okay. um, definitely, you know, I always try and get my people, if you're in deferment, you might want to get off of that and start trying to pay it. Um, I mean, it always just looks good, always. I mean, you're paying your bill. So, of course, you're, it helps your credit. Um, people that have these high um, student loan amounts and things like that, that has been an issue for us, you know, and I've, I've dealt with that. And I have a young lady that I work with here in, in the Raleigh-Durham area that kind of helps people with student loan issues to try and get them in a better standing to where they might need to change their repayment plan and come off of the, ba uh, like, maybe they're just in a, a standard plan where they might need to go income-based or switch from income base because it's way too low and go to another plan so they can pay more money to that loan. Um, some people like to defer. Um, sometimes that deferment can bite you back because if you defer or default, you know, right. then you're stuck right. because then now you have to pay because you've defaulted too many times. And they're like, no, you know, when they run you through um, the federal system and they see that you have this loan and you're trying to get a federal loan, they might be like, no, she hadn't even paid this. So that might bump heads, you know, so, I mean, it's just definitely, you know, I always just say, please pay your bill. You know, if you can do what you can, try and speak to those people They're, I mean, cause they're gonna try and help you as much as they can as well. I mean, it's just us that kind of, you know, unfortunately don't want to pay that bill and just want to keep pushing it and sweeping it under the rug and I'll deal with it later. And then when it's time to buy a house, it's, it's coming back to bite you in the butt. So I definitely would suggest to just be careful, talk to your lender, talk to a financial specialist um, and talk to student loans and just ask them, can I, um, you know, how can I repay this off? How can I pay it off quicker? Can I get a discount? You know, because I mean? they're, like I said, they're there to help. You just got to, you know, reach out. Most people that have issues are ones that don't want to answer their phone calls or respond to their messages and they ignore <laughs> when they reach out to try and make y'all pay. And it's like, nah, I ain't ready. <laughs> so that's my, that's my suggestion. What you about to say? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, just go talk to somebody, you know what I mean? Um, you're already, I mean we, we just don't, already, we don't ask questions. We we think we know just because yeah. your cousin told you something. And okay, that, that's cool. But actually talk to a, 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 a professional or expert in that field. Don't that's just go what I got what you here. from this person. No, I'm just saying like everybody's situations are different. You can reach out to mm -hmm. me and be like, man, I got this, but you don't know what my situation is compared to yours, you know? So, you know, I'm telling you what my experience is, but your experience might be a whole lot different. You just need to call and talk to somebody to actually get the right information. You know what I mean? Trust I mean, I'd rather- Trust and believe me. 
Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I just went out here just nilly willy and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Now, without talking to nobody, mm-hmm. I lost out on a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I, I have a home, but I lost out on a lot of money. I wish I could redo it again, but mm-hmm. hey, what's done is done. Five years in past. Yeah. But yeah. on that, yeah, five years in past, there's nothing I can do now. It's not like I can just say, yo, can I have my money back? They got the money, the money's gone. I miss it, but hey. Um, so what I wanted to say, because I know y'all are both sides of the spectrum. So mm-hmm. I want to hear like one of the most heartwarming stories you had, Steph, for working with somebody. And I want to hear one of your hardest negotiations, G. Who want to go first? I'll let G go first. I got to think. Oh, I, got it. <laughs> I don't have a, um, I don't have a hard negotiation. Um, I'll tell you what I wrestle with. Um, often. And I came up uh, 252 Eastern Carolina um, on all the systems. I came on, came up on WIC and food stamps and everything. And uh, I moved around a lot because we were, I had a humble beginning, right? That means I was poor. So we moved a lot because by the time you couldn't pay rent no more, um, income tax time came and you could put a uh, payment down on something else, right? So that was our, our cycle. So mm-hmm. I know what it's like to in uh, public housing mm-hmm. and just to have, and now I'm on the other side. Um, I have been able to be an advocate for uh, affordable housing um, in, in, uh, at the Capitol. We've helped to write some laws. We've done some housing training and now I am an owner, so that is uh, very it, it's very dear to me. What I wrestle do you, with. Do you take do you take vouchers? Well, I don't mean cut you up, but do you take vouchers? Yeah, yeah. I okay. I have um, one resident right now of my six that is that is on a voucher okay. um, or uses a voucher to uh, pay. And the wrestling is I understand what it's like. Because uh, right. I that is my background, but I know from uh, my experience, and it's been less than a year. But if I could turn back the hands of time, as they say, um, and then the experience of those around me, that um, it's not always prudent financially to mm-hmm. go the voucher route, at, at least for us and the business that we're doing. Um, and then I'm also in D.C., where uh, the neighbor. Uh, to the next, the neighbor in the next building, his rent was six hundred dollars, right. and um, one increase it went to nine hundred, um, mm-hmm. and he knew it was going to twelve hundred the next time. So in two years, his rent goes from six hundred uh, to twelve hundred, and that twelve hundred is still way below what everybody else is paying on the street, or right. at, at least most. Um, so it, it's it's um, and then understanding that some of the gentrification that we hate is been done by us too. So uh, that's why when the, the way we understand gentrification is just we understand it as change, at least right. uh, my team. And then the way that change happens uh, and being able to revitalize an area without uh, displacing people is a change that we wanted uh, to give. But mm-hmm. we understand at the same time um, that there's so much money happening um, and how do I care about the community, care about my family, care about myself, because I still want to go on vacation too, and then care about um, 
the generations to come that come from me and put all of that in the same bowl and, and in a way that it works. And that's something that I'm consistently uh, wrestling with as an investor. Okay. Yep. Got you. Um, I think for me, I mean, heartwarming. I mean, overall, I mean, just to say doing this, I love doing the real estate thing because I'm helping people. It's not just about you know, the it's, 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 it's not just about the closing deals and stuff. But it's just actually really helping people to get ownership in something and having something that's their own. Everybody wants that dream of buying their own home and, and you know, doing that. And for me to be able to help with that process is just fulfilling in itself. Um, I mean, I help a lot of, uh, you know, minorities and things like that. I, I definitely help a lot of uh, Black women. And that makes me feel good because a lot of times, you know, they might be in a situation where they had to pull the bootstraps up and, you know, do it on their own. You know, some of them, I've had a lady where she had kids and things like that. And she was just in a situation where she just wanted better. And so, you know, it's fulfilling when you're on a closing table and you see her start, you know, tearing up because she's proud of herself, you know, just being a part of that to be able to say, I helped this woman do something, a goal that she wanted to achieve. I mean, most people are always saying, I want to buy a house. My goal, I'm buy a house. I'm helping people make that dream come true. So that just makes me happy in itself and just, you know, serving other people and helping them to, to, to acquire that dream has always been something good for me. And I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Rod, and there's a, my favorite tenant right now. Um, her name's T. Uh, she's been there maybe three years, three and a half. When she came, um, she was kind of discombobulated. She immediately went into, look, my, my credit ain't that good. It was messed up. I went through some stuff. Um, and then she went to the solution. I'm working through this program. You can call mm -hmm. them. I'm working with them. They, uh, I love them. They love me. And I gave her a chance and she's been there for three years. Absolutely my favorite. Um, I, I just saw her yesterday um, going to check something out. But there are some when uh, those opportunities, those instances where we can um, take a chance on people and then definitely folks that look like us yeah. and at one point she was the only person in the building that looked like me she was the only sister um mm. and i and unfortunately the the flip side is that the people who have burnt us burnt me who have broken the lease who have left the lease and say hey it's monday i'm leaving on friday um here's your key or didn't clean up messed up they look just like you um, they look just like me and that's yeah. it's um that's part of that uh internal challenge the mm -hmm. other folks right. have been pleasant mm -hmm. in, in my experience and mm -hmm. i want to do for my folks so um that is a story that uh touches me as well as uh some stuff that doesn't touch me <laughs> so much i mean it's just always good to help those that want to help themselves and empower themselves i mean it's just you know we're all we're, we're all trying to just do better and everybody needs a chance. And of course, like the, the young lady I was talking about, you know, unfortunately, like you had mentioned earlier, she had she did reach out to lenders before. I mean, uh, realtors before. And they kind of just kind of brushed her to the side. She wasn't ready to qualify. She had credit issues. She had this and she needed work. I mean, sometimes you don't you're not going to get a client that's ready. And that's OK. And I, and I, I, you know, I pride myself on making sure I let it be known that I'm OK with helping you from the beginning to the end. If it takes a while, it just takes a while. That's just what we're gonna have to deal. But I mean, it's just it's, it it helps when you're when you're willing to help, and that and it speaks volumes because then of course, 
for me, she's going to tell the next person, like, man, she really helped me out. She, she got me a credit person. She helped me from this point to this point to this point and got me there. And that word of mouth helps with referrals and people start knowing like, oh, okay, she a good one. You know, she doesn't just leave you hanging. She, you know, she's just not worried about, oh, you're not, you're not qualified. She ain't going to do nothing with you. And that's, that's very important too, that we all just need to, you know, kind of help each other out. Got you, got you. Somebody said, what do you know about land banking? Banking, land banking. Nothing. Um, I know Nothing. not personally um, land banking. I'm not sure what they really mean by land banking unless they're just saying buying land and holding on to it because of course there's no more land is really you know, something that's really hard to come across. So if you find a good piece of land, I would definitely, you know, tell you to try and acquire that however you can and hold on to it because eventually somebody might want to buy it from you or you can, you know, do something with it yourself. But more than likely, I know around here, builders are trying to find land any and everywhere to put some houses on. So, I mean, I know people are starting to go out into the country. I know y'all, you're familiar with the 252. So I know you're familiar with like um, Zebulon, going towards Rocky Mount out that way. People are acquiring land out there that people used to even live out there. That was like the sticks. Now it's part, it's part of the, 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 the suburbs of Raleigh. Somebody put a lot of a lot of mobile homes. You can do that. I mean, yeah, there's always possibilities um, and things. I mean, I, I've I've even thought about buying land and just holding on to it. I mean, you can cemetery plots. <laughs> I mean, right. think. I mean, you can think of so many different things that you can do. You know that you wouldn't even think of. I mean, unfortunately, people die every day. You got to put them somewhere. You know. I mean, there's just so many ideas. And like you said, mobile homes. If you want to do mobile home communities. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if you do, uh, G probably doesn't do it up there, but I know down here people are buying mobile homes and flipping them and redoing them, cleaning them up and everything and reselling them or renting them out because that's the market we have down here where you have people that still buy mobile homes and, and manufacture homes or however they want to call them. So, Okay, I think this question for you, G, how long does it take to buy a school? Should we invest as a collective? And what are the signs of a scammer? Yeah, I saw that question and uh, I don't have any comment for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, long as we buy school. Well, I mean, I mean, just a community system. effort. I mean, I mean, I guess for that person, they just need to do some research, reach out, um, and just start asking questions. Go on Facebook. I mean, there's so many resources out there. Put it out there. Be like, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing XYZ. Does anybody know? how to do this. Does anybody, has anybody ever done this? I mean, you never know who knows what, who knows who, you know? So I would just suggest maybe throwing it out there and seeing who might know something um, on that. I don't know anything about that, but I mean, you gotta ask, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know, see? Yeah. And like you said, he said he wants to get down in North Carolina by some so y'all can establish your relationship. Together. I have a lot of people that want to come from the DC area down here every, all the time when they see how much a house costs down here com compared to up yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. It's definitely yeah. different. It's like yeah. the further you go down, the more you get. Yeah. If I could find a certain job, man, yeah. I my time would be done. <laughs> my time would oh, be man. done. But it's 10 o'clock man that's my time i wanted to go to uh to clubhouse after this but 
I figured y'all probably had something to do after this. So I was like, I'll leave yeah. Clubhouse alone today. So, because yeah. I know yeah. you're always busy. So <laughs> I know you always kicking the keyboard. So if y'all yeah. have any questions to ask about more, you know, retail, I mean, about some retail investments, real estate investments or buying houses, where can they find you guys at? Um, well, I guess group. I'll start first. Um, yeah. Of course, if you want to do buy or sell, I do buy and sell. I just don't buy, you know, help buyers. I help with sellers as well to put your house on the market. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can find me on Facebook. Um, my personal page is, uh, you know, Stephanie Wilson Jones or at Buy Sell with Stephanie. That's my business page on IG is SWJ Realty. And um I mean, I can also provide that information to you, Rod. So if anybody wants to contact me directly to my phone or to my email, I can give you that information as well. Okay. What about you? Yeah. Um, Facebook, Instagram, G Thinks. Uh, I'm always talking. I, I love wealth conversations and uh, generational wealth. So um, that's what my, my team is learning and uh, going through that process right now. So uh, I'm always down to chat about it. Uh, I, I don't do, uh, actually, yeah, she thinks IG, that works. <laughs> That's Keep my time this week, this week, you know, we're real, we're realizing and we're investing next week. I see y'all with, damn, why can't I never get this lady name right? <laughs> Dr. Sheerbon Jones-Smith and Dr. Armand Perry, when we speak on gender wars next week. So oh. I see, <laughs> see y'all next Wednesday, same time nine o'clock uh same place if not you can check out the podcast because this will probably be on the podcast probably by friday clean it up a little bit um and that is at amsterdam talk on all streaming um services so next week see you with gender wars i don't think anything else is this week with the network i'm not sure but if Rob, I'm before wrong, we go, I just want to say uh, thank you to you and uh, the yeah. team for having us tonight. Yes, Man, thank you for having me. I appreciate you giving us a, a vessel to be able to talk about this and try and help people as much as we can. So I definitely appreciate it. Thank you very much. Man, this listen, this is my house, but y'all always welcome. Y'all always welcome to come back. You know, I'm kind of um, like, it was some prior engagement because I had a guy from California coming from San Diego, but he has a uh, a last minute thing he had to do when it was time to go so i'm like i understand so you know i'm just trying to get all four quadrants of the, of the united states to be like here we go this is what's over here because you know maryland you know they're selling for what they sell north carolina selling what they selling <coughs> excuse me then california is definitely something different then new mm -hmm. york is something different so yeah and we got people that went to all 107 hbcus in this group that's yes. definitely going to you know probably buy something whether it's in Greensboro, Absolutely. where you're located, Princess Anne. Absolutely, where I, I just located. want to shout out because I didn't go to the school in Greensboro. <laughs> I want to shout out to all my Eagles, North Carolina Central University. Shout out to all my Eagles, Eagle Pride Amplified, class oh, of 2004. My. Oh, <laughs> and to my, my sororities, Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Ooh. Oh, any anybody you want to shout? Out? <laughs> they they're yelling that out there as well. No, now they're talking to A and T over there in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fayetteville State, uh, State stays above the fray, so we normally just let people do their calls and whatever, whatever. You know, it's cool. Um, it's cute. It's cute. Somebody said we need to buy buy land to grow weed on. All right, that's my time. I'll see y'all next week. Thank you. Have a good night. You're welcome.